Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and tight. you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. And unfortunately, the United States lost on Saturday. Close, really. I mean, I got up and watched that thing and settled in. That felt like a football game, guys. That was never, never played on the other end of the field. They made it two-one, and then just kind of fell apart at the well, end. It became three-one in about thirty seconds, though. They gave up a goal right after that. Morning, Chuck. All I know is, guys, I'm a little tired because I stayed up late and watched the Cowboys just score and score and score last night. In fact, 54. I got up and they scored again. Yeah. So, uh, 54 points. Yeah. 33 in the fourth quarter. I don't know who thought it was a good idea to put the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday night football. I know that was more about the Dallas Cowboys, but at Dak Prescott and company had their best offensive output of the season last night. And I know everyone's talking about the Philadelphia Eagles and the, really the pride of the NFC and really the NFC East, but Dallas Cowboys, that is not going to be an easy wild card team. Not an easy out at all. Home field's going to matter. Where you play is going to matter when you get to the playoffs. I heard somebody say last night, I don't know if it was Collinsworth or somebody else said that home field advantage may matter more in the NFL playoffs this year than other years just because of the way teams are playing at home. And it doesn't mean the league's changed. It just means this is one of those years when the teams that are good seem to play really well at home. So, you know, we'll see. It was fun in the fourth quarter last night. Long way to go. Well, speaking of home field advantage, you got to believe Arkansas is going to have one of their bowl game. Going to Memphis, going to play Kansas. I would think there'd be a lot more red than blue in uh, in Memphis. I think there'll be a lot of Kansas people, though, too. They've not been to a bowl game in a while. And so uh, I think they'll pack up and go. And we'll have a lot of people there, too. Uh, you know, I remember the last time we played there. It was like a home game. And, you know, it's been. When you end up in the Liberty Bowl, it generally means you've not had a great year. You've obviously gotten enough wins to get to a bowl game, but you've not had a great year. But it's so close, and I remember when we were there last time, everybody was down about the year, but then the game came, and they went, and they had a good time, and Arkansas won. And so, hey, you need to win this game. That's the biggest thing. You need to go over there and win this game because I think that propels you to to a better offseason when you win that bowl game. You played another Kansas team back in, after the 2015 season, but it was Bill Snyder in Kansas State. This time you get the Jayhawks. Chuck, I, I was unfamiliar with the fact that the last time you played Kansas, you were called the Cardinal back in the day. 1906. It, you know, there's, it's, it, it's kind of funny because there's no football history, none whatsoever, between Arkansas and Kansas. But, yeah, you can drive from Fayetteville to Lawrence in less than four hours. I mean, you can be there quick. So, um, but yet it's like they're a world away. We've played them in basketball in the NCAA tournament. We played them in baseball occasionally. I can remember being up there several years ago. But there's really no history 
between Arkansas and Kansas, which is odd when you consider that they're so close together. I was just kind of surprised because we know the Mannings and, and the man. It's hard, Danny Manning and the is it the Mannings? Y'all are gonna have to help me with that. Manning and the Miracles. Manning and the Miracles. That's what Larry it is. Brown was a coach. Was Danny 80, and the Miracles? Yeah, yeah. 80, 80, uh, 88, 89. 88, 88. Yep, 88, 89. They played Oklahoma that year in the mm-hmm. final. And I hope for at some point we get to see Kansas and Arkansas because you just referenced the drive itself. But I mean, this is a football team that started out really, really hot and then kind of backed off. I think you said in the podcast, Chuck, that they've lost three straight games, but. They still feel like there's something to salvage this season. And Pittman was talking about that earlier, that they're going to have to fight off that will that Kansas is going to come into this football game with. Well, the biggest thing is Kansas got some guys back. You know, when they went into their tailspin, they lost their starting quarterback. They lost a running back that was really good. And, you know, you think about what we went through when K.J. was hurt. Um, you know, it's it's hard to win without your start, at least consistently. Sometimes you can win a game if you've got to go to your backup for that game, but doing it over an extended period for a month, five weeks, that's hard to do, to win consistently when you're playing with your backup quarterback. So um, he played the last couple of games, and they didn't do very well. Uh, Their biggest thing lately is they've not been able to stop people. Um, That's the Big 12, and teams score like crazy, but you know, just handicapping it, right out of the gate and there's a long way to go before we play the game but you know this is going to be a team that um you know arkansas should be more physical than kansas i like uh, up 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 front they should be i like the setup of that day i mean 4 30 you get to watch the football team eight o'clock you get to watch the basketball yeah. team i think it's a, a day that a lot yeah. of rageback fans are going to look forward to yeah and uh yeah i don't that, that's unfor- the unfortunate part though is the basketball and the football team will be playing basically at the same time at the end of the football game, beginning of the basketball game. So um, for those that go to the game, that, that makes that a little more difficult. So, I, I, Well, I'm, the basketball game won't start until 8. So yeah, the but, people that are watching it on TV, yeah. in fact, right about the time the game ends, you can click over and you got basketball. Yeah. So if you're at the game, obviously it's going to be a little harder to watch. But if you're at home watching on television, it's going to be a pretty good day. Yeah, yeah 4.30 and 8 that day. So, I mean, I, I just wish there wasn't quite – yeah, I just wanted a little more separation. 2.30. I hear you. 2.30. Yeah. No, yeah. I, the football I, I, game was early. This happens. This happens in basketball. Happens to a lot of places. And, you know, given the basketball schedule now, you know, you're playing that one game before the first of the year. And, um, you know, I looked at it several weeks ago. Yeah. And, thought, you know, we got the potential for some conflict there. Well, there's also the Texas Bowl's that day. It's so, I mean, at 8. Yeah, the Texas Bowl's at 8. And I mean, if you is, go to the Texas Bowl, you wouldn't be able to watch both. You do a little bit of both. Now, I asked the question yesterday, Chuck. I know you'll have some. Tommy, I know you've been to Memphis plenty of times. What is the best barbecue in Memphis? Yeah, I I, I would have well, thought I started World War Three yesterday when I asked that question. People were going at each other's throats. Depends on what you want. Are you going for ribs? And that's what people say. Are you going for pulled pork? I mean, I think, you know... And I don't. I, I've eaten plenty of barbecue in Memphis, but to say I'm uh, the, the go-to source on what the best places is, but I tell you this: I've had a lot of barbecue in Memphis, Chuck, and none of it was bad. Well, Memphis barbecue is a little different. The ribs are dry rub, right? Um, when you get a uh, a pork sandwich, it's going to have slaw on it, and uh, that's the way they do it there. You know, you don't order one of these pork sandwiches and just get the meat and the bread. I mean, there's going to be slaw on it in, in, in Memphis at the good places. And uh, I like rendezvous ribs. And, and, and I know that's a tourist place. But to me, they, uh, boy, they make the best ribs. I like a dry rub. I do not like wet ribs. Well, I don't 
dislike them, but I prefer dry rub ribs. <laughs> yeah. and Memphis is known for that. Rendezvous are like char-grilled. I mean, they, they, they do them in a fashion. It's almost like putting them over charcoal, which is what they do, like you'd grill a steak. They had, uh, You know, I've had ribs from Rendezvous to go. I've had them in the building. Same ribs. They sure taste a whole lot better when you're there yeah. because just the atmosphere. I mean, that is uh, that's a Memphis hangout right there. Oh, you know when you go down them steps, you're in for something good. Yeah. So. The vibes are the, uh, they're immaculate. They're great, and they had it last year in the or not last year, but last time in the press box, Chuck. And I was I walked in, and I was like, this is going to be a good day because yeah. they had. Rodney well, now let me it. tell you, I've crossed that bridge, headed other places. And pulled into that back alley and gotten some to go and taken them with me in the car. And I'm sure I'm not the only person from Arkansas that's gone through Memphis. You call them up when, you know, you're three or four miles from the bridge. And uh, you just pull right in that back alley, get out and go in and get them and take off. I've done that, and I know lots of people who have. I've had a lot of great memories in Memphis, not just for Razorback football, which they played there a couple times, but uh, we used to play in soccer tournaments there. I've got a good chunk of friends that live there, and I really enjoy I know people are bummed how the season ends, but I'm... I'm kind of excited to go. I think well, I, I think it's going to be a fun fun weekend or fun week. I've I always said, I mean this kind of flippantly, but you know, uh, we'll have thirty or forty thousand people gripe all the way over there about how the season went, but they'll be there, and uh, that's just you know that's how it works. Nobody at the start of the season desires to go to the Liberty Bowl. The guy that travels around and represents him is a guy named Harold Grader who many, many years ago was a television anchor in Memphis, and he's worked for the Liberty Bowl for several years now. I love Harold. Greatest guy you'd ever want to meet. But frankly, when Harold's in your press box in the middle of November, you know, you're not really having the year that you want to have. And I say that out of love for the guy. He knows it. But I do know this. They will welcome the Razorbacks and every fan that goes over there, and nobody's going to have a bad time. Hey, speaking of barbecue, Sassy's has been doing it in Fayetteville, so we don't have to drive far to get great barbecue. Sassy's has it, and uh, going to be moving to the to the other location for Eric Musselman Live. As uh, you move over to Steamboat Chuck and get ready, and come by and see the show. You can check out everything there at Sassy's, including the tender, delicious brisket. I was in there for lunch on Friday, I guess it was, and had the um, the uh, Chipotle chicken soft tacos, and they were awesome as well. So. Uh, there's a lot of great variety on the menu, and you'll like it. And again, Eric Musselman Live going to be at Sassy's location, Chuck, on Steamboat just off the Weddington exit. Can I have the Mitchell twins there tonight? Mackay and Mikkel will be with us tonight. Yeah, first one over there on the uh, Steamboat Drive spot. Mackay. You have any trouble telling them apart? One six ten and one six nine. Oh well, that, that that's that pretty solves obvious. it. That's that's yeah. No, they are. Uh, um, well, I'm hoping one of them wears number 15 and the other wears it's, number 22 out there tonight. If they do that, I won't have any trouble. Yeah. You're in the game, no problem. Uh, tonight, I'll be interested to see how you do with that. Yeah, Mackay yeah that's a, right. Mackay had a pretty good game on, on Saturday. Mikel's played well at points as well. They're, they've been fun to watch. Let's talk to Jimmy this morning. Jimmy, go ahead, man. You're on the morning rush. Top of the morning to you, fellas. Hey, this Liberty Bowl is a good thing. I mean... They get to keep growing, keep, keep practicing. But uh, make no mistake, uh, six and six for Kansas and going to a bowl game is like a BCS bid for them. Those people will be fired up to go to the Liberty Bowl. And that means a lot for them to go to a bowl game. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. And I, I think the players feed off that. If the players see that the fans are excited, they're going to get amped up for it. 
and we're going to have to be careful not to get beat by these guys because they're going to be ready to go. That's what I think. Now, I don't know what y'all thinking. I want to go back to the soccer talk here. Years ago, somebody called Chuck Show. <laughs> want to talk about Gulf South football, and he said, we don't talk Gulf South on here, and I hope we don't talk soccer. <laughs> They've tried to push that on us for 40 years, and it's just not taking. It's not going to take with me. Thanks, guys. <laughs> You know, I had a guy say to me one time, you know, the and look, I'm all for the World Cup, don't get me wrong, but you know, people say, well, that's, you know, kids kids play soccer. You know, they play soccer when they're young. They'll be playing it their whole lives. And a guy said, I rode a bike every day when I was 9. I'm 50 now. I hadn't ridden a bike in 25 years. Yeah. So, I mean, it's uh um I you know, I'm embarrassed to say this. I asked someone at halftime of the basketball game. I said, I'm embarrassed to ask, but did we win today? Um, I forgot about it, which tells you, you know, I thought about it during the week, but it's not something that was at the forefront of my mind. And I think a lot of us probably felt, that, at least, you know, that's my thought anyway, that maybe some other people felt that way too. I think some people watched it, some people didn't. I watched it. I was yelling and screaming and cursing when we didn't play that well. But, again, it's a different generation. I don't know what the, the change is going to be when it's here in 2026. Maybe it is. Maybe it's a little more hype. Maybe it's not. But for some, it's never going to take. That's okay, though. Well, we're just never going to be the best in the world. And that's what, yeah. you're, that's what you're asking to be is best in the world. I mean, <laughs> you know, um, it's just when it's our fourth or fifth sport, our best athletes aren't going to play soccer. And yeah. until that changes, when we're all long gone, um, then, then it's going to be the way it is. You know, for many years, Georgia was the dominant gymnastics program in America. But, you know, what they cared about was football. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that that's just how it is. Uh, and and um, I think a lot of people obviously took pride in what's, uh, you know, what's been happening over there. And, hey, I watched one match in its entirety, and that's one more match than I watched in its entirety oh, my entire life until this last over. week. They're winning you Slowly over. but surely. Like a tortoise, man. That, but I watched. Sorry. I watched for Ty. Thank you, I knew Chuck. Ty was interested. Well, I think they need to uh, probably start broadcasting some of these soccer games, and I think you're the man for the job, you know. They actually, I think, do have some kind of radio. It may be internet or something. I don't know who does it. I should, and I apologize for not knowing. But I do think they have some kind of radio thing for soccer. Well, you I, may know more about it than well, I do, Well, I think the only way to lift the profile of the soccer program <laughs> is to have, have Chuck Perry. Yeah. Yeah. That would be like me doing hockey. Hey, years ago, guys, I did a little pro rodeo out there at K. Rogers Park <laughs> on the radio. And uh, you want to talk about somebody that didn't know what they were talking about? That was me. I think you should do it pro bono, too, Tommy. Well, He's going to do it. He's doing it for no, that's free. That's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, you brought up. Listen to him spend your money. Yeah. You, you brought up Georgia and the gymnastics, Chuck. They've also got a pretty dominant football team, national champions last year, one seed this year in the college football playoff. Most of you know Georgia's one, Michigan's two. TCU's three, Ohio State is four. Now, Ohio State has to go to basically the Lions in Atlanta, Georgia, and try and beat Stetson Bennett and company. They got a shot, or is that going to be a blowout in the coming weeks? I don't know that it's going to be a blowout, but I think Georgia wins the game. I mean, it's a. I remember when we played Georgia there in the SEC championship game that year when Matt was playing, and it was, uh, I mean, it was like a home game. I mean, it was, uh, I, I mean, it was like a home game. And then, uh, you know, they just, uh, they're really good. I, I mean, they, they they hung 50 on LSU. I, I mean, they're good. Yeah. But don't you know that the executives behind the scenes and the, the power broke, they're salivating, salivating over the idea of Michigan, Ohio State 
for the national title. But it's not going to happen. No, but they, but just the, it's a dream. I mean, Georgia, Georgia, and uh, Georgia and Michigan will draw better numbers than round two between Ohio State and Michigan, Ooh, and and and, and also two because well, no, because of the conference deal. You, just like for the same reason, they don't want two SEC teams in there because it becomes a regional game, uh, that, and uh, um, um, they don't want two Big Ten teams in there. They want to see Georgia and Michigan, just like the rest of us. It draws in the north and the south, if you will. But I do like Big the rivalry it. games, though, with all the marbles on the line. We haven't seen one if, in a long time. If I, it had been a closer game, I would agree with you. But Michigan housed them in I, Columbus. I, I, that, I'm aware. That's... <laughs> That if the, I would agree with you on that if it had been close, but that wasn't even a game in the second half. I mean, well, they obliterated Ohio State on their home field. But you don't think there's some people behind the scenes that are uh, wringing their hands, licking their chops a little bit, thinking, "Man, what what that might be?" I see, I think the, I think the nation would tune in. I I, I think if you're going to watch, you're going to watch. You know, even if you don't have a dog in the fight, and uh, I don't I don't know if it'd be. As I regional. think they'd watch, but yeah. I think. I think ties on to something. The North and the South and Georgia and Michigan, SEC, Big Ten. I mean, these are the, uh, you know, it's like a heavyweight fight. Guys, you know, every day when I'm on here, I talk to you about Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, and I talk about, you know, the trained real estate professionals and all that. I also want you to know this about them, and this is one of the things that I like about them, is they're involved in our community. This is the season of giving. And Weicker Griffin, over the last several years, they, as a company and their participating agents, they've donated a portion of their closing cost to Arkansas Children's Northwest. And over the last few years, they've donated over $235,000 to Arkansas Children's Northwest. And, um, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons that they have become such an integral part of our real estate community in our area is because they are involved in things like that. Now, they're also real estate professionals. And whether you're a buyer or a seller, they know how to negotiate. They understand the market. and They can get you from contract to close. But they've also got a bigger mission as well. I think you're going to find your experience with them's like mine. It, it was terrific. I, I, I couldn't recommend them more highly. They've got an office in Fayetteville, another one in Springdale. They're in Bentonville, Fort Smith, Branson, Missouri now. You're going to see their yellow signs, and you can log on to WeikertGriffin.com. TCU loses close in Dallas to Kansas State, and I thought all along if they lost close that the college football playoff committee would still keep them in. I didn't know if they'd drop or if they'd stay the same, but I did think they wouldn't have that Ohio State-Michigan matchup. That, I think, is one of the main reasons they stayed at three a lot of people have opinions on this. Some say they should have been out. Some say they they stayed in and they're exactly where they should be. What do y'all think? I think it's a great debate between most deserving versus, versus four best teams. And the idea is to get the four best teams. Did you do that? But in the end, I think one loss versus two loss, that was the easy line of demarcation, Chuck. So you, you put Ohio State in because they have one loss versus the two for Alabama. You know, there's a there's been a media groundswell for LSU, just as there always is for the smallest guy in the group that has a chance to get into the playoff. I I I taped that game, watched it back. Um, you know, TCU's really good. TCU's really good. They're a really good Big Twelve team, but um, I, I just think Michigan's just going to steamroll them. I, I you know, as the game wears on, I, I just don't see any way TCU can hang with them. I'm not quite sure entirely what the CFP's criteria are. I hear them, but um, you know, I hear what they say, but I'm not sure that I I I really see all that 
you know, play out the way they claim. The, the one thing that I don't like about this, I don't want to see conference football championship games turn into conference tournament basketball games where if you lose, it doesn't matter. You know, we see teams all the time in basketball. You lose, in the, you know, you lose Friday and you're still a number one seed. TCU lost their conference championship game and they didn't even move. They didn't even move. Now, the reason they didn't move is because they didn't want them to, you know, they didn't want Ohio State playing Michigan in the semifinals. But uh, um, that's the part that bothers me. I do think, you know, Ohio State would be favored over TCU. If Alabama played them, Alabama would be favored over TCU. TCU played Tennessee today. Be pretty close to pick them. So are they the third best team in the country? No. Um, and and they're the fourth in that group of four, it certainly appears. But um, I just don't see how they can hang with Michigan. Well, think about this, guys. The new formula that's coming with the expanded playoff, it, it lays out that, what, the, the four conference highest-rated conference champions get buys. I know, I know. So you know what that would mean? If that was in Clemson, in, it mean mean Clemson, Clemson sitting at home waiting for somebody to yeah. come to them. Well, they need to reseed that U- thing. Utah would be the other one. Yeah, they you need know. to seed that thing. Yeah. They need to take Ooh. the twelve teams and seed them, regardless of conference. I agree because you're going to end up with some things. I think it's one thing they, the the committee or whoever the you know whoever behind the scenes above the committee, the executive board or whatever it is, they need to look at that because that's going to really cause some problems with the public and and the integrity of your championship. If you go go down the path like you would this year by rule, which would put Clemson and Utah, I believe, I believe it, be Utah would be the other one, would be exempt from first-round play. Yeah, I don't know. Well, that's how they got everybody to go along, is you know, telling yeah, a conference like the ACC, well, hey, man, you can be in the top four. You're going to be in the top four. Um, even though we just, you know, I, did, I didn't watch any of the Clemson-North Carolina game. Did you guys? No, nope. I would you? It didn't mean anything. Yeah. Well, it meant something to them, but it didn't mean anything to anybody else. I do wonder, DJU entered the transfer portal, Clemson's former starting quarterback. He got replaced by their backup quarterback. I do wonder where he ends up. It's a battle of backups. Oh, he entered the portal? Yeah, I didn't did. know that. He did. DJ did? Mm-hmm. Wow. So you've got him and the backup, and I think it's Clotus, Cloudus, however the you say the Clemson kid's name, taking on Joe Milton in Tennessee. you got two orange teams taking on each other. That should be a, a fun one. But, yeah, that was the big – big quarterback news there's guys that have i know that mccarthy kid all uh not mccarthy the other michigan kid went to iowa but uh you're going to continue to see quarterbacks that are make headlines as they enter the portal but that was the big one that kind of made waves yeah he uh never lived never quite lived up to the billing nope that's it's hard to follow taj boyd deshaun watson Trevor Lawrence, and he was just well, not in that same echelon. He just didn't get Chad Morris to coach him up like like those some of those right. other guys. Basketball is back, and Bet Online is your number one source. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB. MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. 
college football playoff selection committee get it right? Some of you think yes. Some of you think defiantly no. TCU is really the one that a lot of people have questions and concerns about if they can measure up to the Michigan Wolverines. Guys, did they get it right? Right being right being the four best teams or the most deserving teams? Because I think a lot of people got questioned whether or not TCU is amongst the four best teams or Ohio State the way they got thought was the best four teams. And those that feel that way think maybe Alabama should be in one of those slots. I don't know if they got the four best teams or not. They got the four best resumes. Um I think Alabama-Michigan would be a lot better game than TCU-Michigan. That's just my hunch. I mean, TCU may come out and prove everybody wrong. But from the outside looking in, it sure seems like Alabama uh, would be a better match for Michigan than TCU. And I know about Alabama. I mean, I, 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 I you know, was, was talking last week about how, you know, their resume didn't match up. And it doesn't match up. But, I, you know, by the same token – Alabama, if they were to play TCU today, would probably be a touchdown favorite. If Ohio State was to play TCU, they'd be a favorite. Um, Tennessee would basically be Pickham, even without Hendon Hooker. So um, I think they got the four best resumes. I'll give them that. But I'm I'm still a little confused as to the criteria for all well, this. I think they took the easy way out because they, well, didn't, they, did. they didn't want to have to explain why a two-loss team was ahead of a one-loss team. So they basically took the undefeateds and the one-loss teams and gave them the inside lane. And maybe you could make, you know, you could certainly make the case that, well, you've, you've earned that, you've deserved that, but not all schedules and resumes are the same. Is that two-loss Alabama team better than TC or Ohio State? I think we could sit here and argue till we're blue in the face over that point. So do you guys feel differently if TCU had won the Big 12 championship? They lost in overtime well, to a yeah, team they've I mean, already if they'd won the game, they'd be unbeaten, and, and they would have won the game, and you can't argue with that. I mean, you can't argue with that. But, uh, you know, I think everybody's known all along, TCU runs the table, they're in, and they deserve to be in. But, but they you know, Kansas State's, Kansas State's, I mean, that's not like losing to Michigan. That's not like losing to Tennessee. Uh, that's not like losing to a big boy. And I'm not saying Kansas State's not good. I'm not saying that. I said last week I thought K-State had a chance to pull that thing off. They did it kind of like Utah beat USC. They whipped them at the line of scrimmage. And they took advantage of bad tackling on the other side. And um, But I don't know. I mean, I got a lot of questions. But this is the first time in my lifetime that I've thought, yeah, we need to expand this thing. Although I will say this. I do think that Michigan and Georgia are the only two teams that have a chance. All right. Did they get it right? That's your morning rush. Red River Dodge daily question. Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at redriverdodge.com. This hour of Chuck Barrett on the Morning Rush is presented by Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Professional people, professional service. Schedule your service appointment today at gopascal.com. I know people had questions whether K.J. Jefferson was going to return or not. Here's Coach Pittman in the Liberty Bowl teleconference on his starting quarterback. K.J.'s the leader of our program, and he's also happens to play quarterback. And he's a great person, uh, works his tail off. He's excited to participate in the Liberty Bowl. We're excited to have him back. But it's a huge deal for the university, and, and it just shows the culture of our football team that he would like to come back and 
and be a part of it. Tommy, I know that's one of the questions you had. Was KJ going to play in the Liberty Bowl or not? Sounds like it was answered no, yesterday. I don't think there's any question he's going to play. My, I guess my question last week is if his body wasn't right still, do you do you do that? Now, with Hornsby entering the portal, that makes it a little more difficult. But I don't think there's any question uh, – KJ's going to play, and he's going to be central to this game plan. And I don't think, you know, this is no layup game against a good Kansas team. No, it's not a layup, but, uh, you know, KJ will be, you know, he's going to have a lot of time to rest his body. And uh, I think, you know, sometimes I've obviously not been in that position personally, but, um, you know, observing it, you see guys that, you know, sometimes you need two or three weeks. Um, Sometimes it only takes one or two. But your body needs a break. I suspect KJ will be back. He'll be fresh. He'll be ready to go. And um, I know we live in the era where you always wonder what somebody's going to do. Number one, are they going to stay or go? And then number two, if they stay or they're going to play in the bowl game. Um, You know, lots of people always wonder that about players now, and it's understandable. But I I didn't ever really wonder about all this. I've, I've expected all along for KJ to come back, and that includes playing in this bowl game. I thought Nick Saban made a really good point talking about players today don't see the value of playing in a bowl game. How do you? Can- he said some. He said yeah. some. You know, let's not generalize there. I think there are some who may not see the value, but I think the vast majority still do. Do you think Bryce Young and Will Anderson play in the Sugar Bowl against Kansas State? Well, that's a different deal. They're first-round draft picks. I mean, that's a different deal. So where's the cutoff? Is it first round, second round? Right. Each 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 individual's got to make that decision. But my personal cutoffs first round. But now that's not the you know that's not everybody else's cutoff. But um, you know that's a that's a little bit different deal there when you're in that situation. Well, it's 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 finding the right intersection of the two lines. It's where you're projected to go in the draft versus the meaning the meaning the meaning of the bowl game. How meaningful is it? So. If you're first round and your team's in the national semifinal, are you going to play? I I sure hope so. Yeah, absolutely. But I think I think we're going to move to a day though, Chuck, where we see someone opt out of one of the college football playoffs. Well, games. I don't know about that. I I don't I don't I don't know if we're going to see that. I think Saban's larger point. Now you can get lost on the you know how kids are today, but I think the larger point that he was making there is what is this going to do to our bowl system? as we move forward with players opting out and going to a 12-team playoff, many, many of the bowl games are going to become perhaps less significant than they already are. And uh, I do think it's going to have, at times anyway, a lot to do with the level of the game. And the cutoff for some of these guys, Ty, you were talking about where they're going to be drafted. What's the cutoff? Well, my cutoff's the first round. I think also you've got to ask yourself, well, if he's going to be a first-round pick, everybody knows that. What's the cutoff for him in terms of the bowl game? You know, does it have to be a playoff game for him to keep playing? Um, I can't imagine somebody opting out of a football, a college football playoff game. If they do, I wouldn't draft them uh, because they're not committed to winning. They don't commit to their teammates when they do that. Um, but, you know, you're going to see – I mean, Sean Andrews was the first one, I guess, that we had to do it, and nobody could believe anybody would do that, but now it's commonplace. We saw last year in a great Rose Bowl matchup between Utah and Ohio State, top two Ohio State wide receivers, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, they both opted out of the bowl game, did not participate. Now, Jackson Smith and Jigba went out for like 350 yards, but even New Year's Day six bowls are no longer sacred 
as they used to be. I've heard Herbie talking about that, how back in the day it was a big deal to go to the Rose Bowl, and it's just not as big of a deal anymore. Well, it's not, and but but let's not blame the kids. Let's not blame the kids. Um, they're just working the system just like all of us do our whole adult lives. So, I mean, let's not blame them. I mean, this is the way the system's set up, and um, each of them has to make an individual decision. A lot of us, you know, that are of a certain age, it's hard for us to imagine, um, you know, in the way we were taught, putting yourself above the team. It's just hard to imagine that. But um, it's a different world now, and the money that these guys, the guaranteed money, that these guys get now is so much greater than it was when I was younger or even 10 years ago. Um, you know, I can remember the first, you know, when you first started hearing about NFL quarterbacks getting their money up front. You know, that was something that was kind of, you know, baseball and basketball did that. Football was different. But, you know, now you've got those guaranteed contracts. And so I get it. But, you know, if you were asking me, if you're a first-round pick, um, you know, that's the cutoff. But, boy, if you skip a college football playoff game, I suspect that your NFL career is not going to be all that great. Bradley asked a question. Drew Sanders hadn't made a decision on social media yet, has he? Not to, to my, my knowledge, knowledge, no. I mean, have you, I've been, I haven't seen, I've been seeing one either. Yeah. But, I mean, I think our expectation is he's not going to play in this game, right? Is that a fair expectation to have? He's projected maybe like yours. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I don't have an expectation on that one right now. If he chose not to play. I wouldn't be surprised, surprised. or upset okay. by it if he's if he's as you like to say mocked in the first round. Is there a different, a huge, major difference between football and basketball just because of the physicality? And because I mean, we see injuries happen in basketball too. What's oh, sure, to say, absolutely. What's, what's to say? Absolutely, that a, a, there's a difference. A kid that decides, you know, I'm going to be in the first round. I'm going to sit out the NCAA tournament. What's the difference to that? You think? Well, I mean, you bring up all kinds of what if scenarios. I mean, I'm I don't just, know the answer. I'm to just asking. The question. I think the, the, the risk of injury in football it's appears greater. to be yeah, greater. It's I mean, far I, greater in football. You know, you know, that, that would be that would be what I would think. So about. you don't think we're heading to that direction in basketball either? Any point? Close. I don't know. I tend to agree with you. I tend to agree with you that we're going to see that happen in the college football playoff. 100% agree with you, Mm -hmm. Tommy. I don't agree with that. I I don't agree with that. I absolutely think think it's coming. Chuck, I do think there'll be a player that... uh, It'll happen within five years. We'll we'll, we'll see what happens down the road. I don't don't think that's going to happen. I think you'll see players opt out in uh, the New Year's Six Bowls, but... um, there's too much money to be made as a brand. You think about how stars are born in big games. Um, these guys are playing on the biggest stage college football has to offer. It's not just about staying healthy. And I mean, you're playing for a championship there. You're playing for a, you know, you're playing for your legacy there. Um, and there are millions and millions of branding dollars to be made by those young guys as professionals, and I don't think they're going to miss out on that opportunity. Yeah. So, I mean, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see. And I do think Arkansas will not be with their full, you know, too deep mm. across the way. I, I, oh, have no, that, yeah. I have no Absolutely illusions there. that, uh, hey, this Absolutely team is going to be there. intact when they go to so Memphis. What is he lost? Miles has hit the portal. Ricky's going in the NFL. I'm going to assume Drew's doing that. Who are the other starters that I'm missing? Hazelwood. Jaden's out. He's he's hit the portal. 
Malik's not a starter, about but he's, he's someone that Keytron's going to move to the slot. I think is what Coach was saying. Yeah. That's four guys. I guess it's. Who, 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 uh, well, you know, let's not get bogged down in the minutia. This is the nature of the business now. This is the nature of the business. Every time you play in a bowl game, unless you're in the playoff, you're going to have to, you know, gather them all up and see who you got. And Arkansas is in that spot this year. Kansas isn't so much, I don't think. But um, lots of teams are in that position. you got to gather them up and see who you got to go play. Yeah. So, as fans, should we – should we temper our expectations? If you got one team that's had four or five hit the portal, two or three hit the uh, they declare to sit out because of, of, of draft uh, implications, and you got another team that has basically all of their players, should go back to last year. Should no, absolutely. Be Penn State ended they had, up in that they situation. They didn't have dots. In, I know we didn't have Burks. They didn't have dots in their best wide receiver. They didn't have two of their linebackers. They didn't have two of their second. I mean, they didn't have anyone. Right. There's a reason that you kicked the crap out of them last year. Penn State didn't have their roster. Now, you've got to somehow, some way figure out that Kansas is coming to this game playing for everything. They want this game bad. This is, you brought up, this is their BCS National Championship game. This ain't it. Well, we say that from the outside looking in. I, you know, it's a big game to them. To it's, say it's, it's their bigger, National Championship game. It's bigger game. to them than it is us, and it's not close. Well, that's a big statement, and I don't know that I'd go along with that. I'm not going to assume what the Kansas players think. You know, just because the fans think something doesn't mean the players think it. Uh, there's a big difference there. Um, you know, I I don't I don't know what they're thinking. Um, and, and sometimes too, you know, you may be happy to be there, but you may still get beat. Yeah. Um, I do think though, I do think it's fair to say that, and, and I've always believed this that. A lot of times with these, you know, smaller bowl games, it does boil down to sometimes who's happiest to be there. And uh, but all things being equal, that may tip the scales. But you may be happiest to be there. But if the other team's a whole lot better than you are, it's not going to matter. You know, I talk a lot about Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric, and we tend to focus on the air. You know, because the you know the weather's changing now. We focus on the heat. I want to talk to you about plumbing and electric too. They do it all at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric, and they're pros at all of it. Um, your plumbing system, your electrical system, those are very important too. And when we talk about professional people and professional service, it's also services, you know, beyond the air. There's also the plumbing and electric, and I think you're going to find that the professionalism that they've put into this business for over 50 years, you're going to see that in everything that they do. Now, they're a 50-year-old company. If you're in northwest Arkansas particularly, you know about Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. But they've got new locations. They're in the River Valley, Hot Springs, Searcy, Cabot, Newport, up in southwest Missouri now. They are growing, and there's a reason. It's because they're good at what they do. They're Arkansas-owned. They're Arkansas-operated. Professional people professional service gopascal.com let's talk to river dog who is in Lowell this morning he wants to talk some razorback basketball go ahead river dog well i just wanted to bring up a point uh you know my, i guess my hot take is one an off the court issue uh first of all just i hope devo's okay it seemed like a short stint deal off and back on but that that guy inspires me to to be a better fan <laughs> watching him do his thing the second thing that's kind of related is about passion, you know, that I feel like our we got a weak link that nobody talks about. I Watching, talking to people, you know, watching the games, talking to friends, I, 
not too many people see too many weak links for this team, but you know, there was a stretch in Maui against Creighton when everyone saw it, and it was, I'd say it was an emotionally driven, like, couple-minute stretch where it just seemed like, and I've seen Musselman get hyped, but he just seemed to be, and there's a fine line between passion and losing your class, and I felt like it tipped in that moment, and the players kind of fall fell into it as well, like they tipped, and all of a sudden it got, it got ugly, and it went against us, you know, and, and, and that was a difference in a game, just a bucket or two, of course. In football, we say, what do we say? We said the second guy gets called for the, for the penalty, right? It's always the second guy. But, but you know, not, and that's an emotional, you know, problem we have in football. But in basketball, it just seems like the refs have to do something. They have to get control of it. And, and when I look at our team, you know, it's it seems like an Achilles heel potentially that's kind of showing up. And it showed up again this weekend. You know, we got, I saw on social media, uh, Anthony Black popping off to some guys. That's weak, you know what, for a block that he did. It's like, let him have it, man. Why do you Why do you care? You're dominating these guys. And when I hear that kind of stuff, you know, it's a lack of coach control. It's kind of setting a tone uh, in a bad direction. And, and, you know, passion's good, but it's going too far. That's my hot take. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Have River Dog. Uh, a lot to unpack there. So I think a lot of people would agree with you that it kind of went over the top and boiled over in Maui. I think Eric Musselman, when looks back on that game, he'd like to take some things back. But this is how this team is, and and I get it. Like, Anthony Black's going to chirp all season long. It's just who he is. I mean, go watch any game that he's going for 20-plus. He's talking the whole time, and the other team has to deal with that. That's part of it. They feed off their coach, and there's been texts. I don't know how many must text has that he's gotten here, but he's got plenty of them. It's just going to happen sometimes. This is who he is. What you have to do in these situations is not let it become like continuous throughout the game, repetitive. And he's going to get texts this year. He's going to get—I don't know how many he's going to get, but he's going to get them. They'll probably have some more player texts. I know Trevin's gotten a few. Anthony, I mean, that's just going to happen. They're going to talk. It's well, player texts are different than coach texts. Um, you tee up a coach in a game, that's one thing. When players start getting teed up in games, now I'm not talking about, you know, for hanging on the rim, but you can't have the gesturing and the things like that after some of these highlight plays because that costs you, you know, it's, I'm not talking about the look. I'm just talking about when you have something like that happen, a lot of times the players play will go down right away. Um, You know, you can't have that, but I think, I think that's making a mountain out of a molehill. I don't think they lost to Creighton because they were too emotional in the game. Now, you know, what happened after the San Diego State game has been talked about, and, you know, coach apologized, and, um, you know, you move on from that, and sometimes things like that are going to happen. Guys, let's not act like we've never had trash talkers around here. (laughs) Can you imagine what Todd Day and Oliver Miller would have been like if there had been Twitter back then? I mean, holy cow. Um there were many, many, many games that Arkansas won on the road back in those days when Oliver Miller and Todd Day would talk to the crowd all the way back to the locker room. And uh, they threw things at them and cussed at them, called them names. And, you know, Coach Richardson wasn't as demonstrative as much, but, hey, he walked off that floor in Austin that time, came back. Then we won an NCAA tournament game down there. He walked off the floor with that horns downside. I mean, Nolan knew how to work the crowd. He knew what he was doing. Um, you're right, Ty. This team's going to chirp. And kids, look, we read every day about celebrities, and it's beyond me why they do it, but I'm not of that generation. 
We read every day about celebrities and Twitter fights, and they're going back and forth, and somebody claps back, as they say. I mean, this stuff happens all the time now. It's not my world. It's not my world. But it is that generation's world, and so I wouldn't make a mountain out of a molehill on that. But I do think, you know, and just as the caller said, the team's going to take the direction the coach leads them. And I think there there is at, at moments where – you know, Eric Musselman runs hot, but I think I think it's all by design in some cases. But you you got to save those and play those cards. I think when it matters the most later on in the year. Well, if you're not playing with passion, do you close the game on a seventeen to three run? I mean, that's the flip side. Yeah, yeah there are going to be moments where you look at it and go, man, it's kind of boiled over over there. You know, it's kind of boiling over right now. But there are also going to be moments where you go on seventeen to three runs. And uh, you do what they've done in every ball game. You have a point where they just break. And, you know, so you don't know. I mean, yeah, maybe the emotion costs you four or five points here and there, but it's gained you 25. So in the grand scheme of things, you still come out way ahead. I'd rather play with passion and have sometimes people say you're a little over the top than have people look at you and say, man, where's the sign of life? Yeah. Well, confidence is something you can't measure in a box score. And confidence might be the number one thing in sports you got to have to win. And this appears to me to be a very confident group that uh, that must win. I would be, too. If I could play like that, I'd be confident, too. That's important. Hot Take Mondays brought to you by Wheels RV, five miles west of exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale. The best brands like Grand Design, Forest River, KZ, Heartland, Keystone, and Alliance, all at the best prices. And you get a lifetime warranty on every new RV they sell at Wheels RV. Five miles west of exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale. Seek, explore, and discover with Wheels RV. Do you want to talk about Coach Prime going to Colorado coming up? He had a really inspiring speech in the uh, introduction that he had with this, guys. I think a lot of you will be in line to hear. And Chuck, you brought it up earlier. Dallas Cowboys just swamped Indianapolis. Smoked him. Smoked him. 33 fourth quarter points. How about them Cowboys? Yeah, how about them this morning? First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. I know a lot of people were happy to see Nick Smith Jr. back playing what we expected him to be. Here's Coach on his first game back. He was disappointed last game that his expectations of his first game were different than what happened, and and he told me that. I told him that I'm a little older, and and I knew that the first game, you know, when you have a player that's been injured, it's it's not easy the first game. Nick set the tone early. He came off that screen and just buried that three. That got his confidence going the rest of the way. A little difference in He's the first aggressive. shot this time versus last time, Chuck. Yeah, well, but I was going to say, even the air ball that he shot in that first game, I mean, he's aggressive. He's he's going to go out and shoot. I mean, and uh, you could tell from the get-go Saturday that he'd gotten better during the week. He ain't scared. 
So. Eric Musselman Live returns back to Sassy's on Steamboat tonight. You also have got UNC Greensboro coming here tomorrow. Then we're going to Tulsa on Saturday to take on Oklahoma. A game that, Tommy, I know you want to... You want to get bad. Well, I mean, you, you feel like you you let one get away last year. You didn't play well against Oklahoma. Muskets tossed in the game. It, it ran hot last year. Oklahoma 6-2. and two. They had an opening loss to Sam Houston State. They lost in the Big 12, Big East Challenge or whatever this weekend or battle or whatever they call that. They lost to Villanova. So, I, I mean, clearly Arkansas on paper and by ranking and all accounts is the better team. Chuck, you feel like you owe OU one this weekend in Tulsa? No doubt. I saw where OU beat, uh, I guess it was Ole Miss yes. in the finals of a tournament. And, um, you know, UNC Greensboro, um, you know, you got to play them first, obviously. But, um, you know, this team, when you have players like this, and I know I mentioned Day and Miller earlier. They're not the only ones. But when you have players like this, man, they want to go play. They don't care who they play. They view games as an opportunity to show off. Um, and they smell blood in the water. And I think that that's going to be the mentality of this team. And so I don't uh, – I'm sure there are going to be games where they, you know, they're more uh, – you know, they're they're more sky high for a certain opponent than they would be for the other. But um, I think these guys like playing. They like going out there and playing together. And so I don't um, – I don't expect a lot of lulls. There may – you know, there's an ebb and a flow to every season. But um, I don't I, – I, I don't think this team's going to have a lot of bad games couple more things here in your hog update. Liberty Bowl announced yesterday. That's where you'll be playing your postseason football. 4.30 on ESPN December the 28th. You also opens up conference playing basketball that night at 8 o'clock. Did you guys watch Traylon Burks get clocked yesterday? I saw that. It looks like Ooh. a concussion. I mean, he, he I watched him hold that pass. Too. He caught wow, the ball. What a catch. I mean, what a catch. That was um it was about I think it was a 26-yard catch they caught from Ryan Tannehill. I mean, th- that guy has sticky fingers. I, I, you put the ball anywhere near his catch radius, he's coming down with it, even after getting popped like that. Uh, last thing, Arkansas women's basketball now 10-0. and They beat Oral Roberts yesterday 92-58. to Good for Mike Neighbors in that group. That's going to do it for your Hog Update. It is brought to you by Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey called 888 Eight Sparky. Alright, back to the phone lines, 877-377-6963. Let's talk to Justin, who is in Fayetteville. Justin, go ahead. Hey. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good. Justin. Hey. Yeah. I just wanted to kind of comment a little bit on um, the previous caller, and it's it's a kind of common theme if if you're on social media. Um, I watch a lot of college basketball. I grew up during the Nolan Richardson era. I mean, the 1994 team is what hooked me into Arkansas basketball for life. You know, I think fans are going to have to really get used to these caliber players that we're bringing in, that Musselman's bringing in, understand that this is not John Telfrey and Mike Anderson, and no offense to some of those players, but they're not on the same level. And you're going to have to put up with some of the, let's just say, bad habits that will be called, or whatever you want to call it, with, with, with chirping and or whatever. These guys want to play like you guys alluded to. They want to go show off. Their goal is to win a national championship, but obviously their goal is to go play on the next level, too. They're wired differently. So the fans that call in and want to complain about that are actually just complaining about what makes these guys good. Okay, so that it just it irks me as someone that watched a lot of high-level college basketball, the Dukes and all these other guys. Those players do it, too. 
but you don't you don't see it because we haven't been accustomed to good players in a long time. And I'll kind of link that between the football side of it. I can make a case this year. I wish we had a couple more guys that would chirp on the football field because that, the level of enthusiasm like they wanted to play was not there this year. So maybe Pittman can take a little bit of a note from Musselman and his players about being enthusiastic and what that means. So for all the people that want to gripe about a good basketball program, you got one now. Enjoy it. It's going to be a fun ride. I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, Justin. I mean, I think about two of the greatest showmen in the history of the sport, Magic Johnson Larry Bird. I mean, they wanted to win at all costs, but they also talked. They also chirped. They also had some showtime in their game. I know that was more the Lakers, but Larry had some passes. I mean, that's just part. It's an art. And you watch this basketball team. Chuck, you said in the summer, they've got some showtime in them. I mean, you watch Anthony Black get on the break and these guys running with them, whether it's Trevin, whether it's Jordan. I mean, these guys are ready to catch an alley-oop and put their you-know-whats in someone's face. I mean, that's just part of That's what this team does. And it's awesome. Well, the, the thing you can't do is get yourself in a spot where you get in somebody's face and it costs you a technical foul. Yeah. I, I mean, you can't do that. You can't cross that line. You know, Larry Bird was probably the greatest trash talker in the history of the game. Uh, you talk to the players that played with him from that era. Um, one of the great trash talkers of all time. Um, we've had him here. And... Um, it doesn't always, you know, We look, we all love the guy that goes out and scores 25 or 30, never says a word. I mean, we all love that guy. But, you know, uh, there's a generation that loves the guy that, you know, scores 25 and tells everybody about it. And, um, you know, people have different preferences there. But the one thing that these guys all have, and this is what I think serves them best, they have a great joy in going out and playing basketball. You know, they, you know, they have different terms for it. I mean, you know, they'll, they'll say things like, he's just balling. I know that's what they say about you, Ty, when you play. They say, Ty, Ty's just balling today. But uh, they use different terms than we did. But they have a passion for the game. And that's the difference, I think. It's what makes them great. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic, just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. Hey, 
Have you tried Binville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Binville Brewing. I'm in Texas and I'm trying to walk into a home visit and the old boy sat next to him is named Barry Odom. So if that has anything to do with the Liberty Bowl, then it does. <laughs> well, well, no please. I think Hutch was asking him that question about just kind of what the deal is with Coach. You know, the topic was more about the Liberty Bowl, but he did let us know that yesterday afternoon that Coach Odom is still on staff. Yeah, apparently he's not going to be the coach at Tulsa. I, I'm I'm not privy to what's going on there. You, you know, you heard for a day or two that he was the front runner, and then some of their media guys yesterday said, "Well, he was the front runner, and he's not the front runner now." Sometimes it means he was the front runner, and sometimes it means they thought he was, and so now all of a sudden he's not. And I'm not really sure what the situation is. I, uh, you know, I know Barry Odom was with him last night. They were going to see a recruit, and we'll see what that means moving forward. Yeah, I, I'm just not sure being the head coach at Tulsa is a step up from being the defensive coordinator at Arkansas. Now, oh, that's, yeah, that's the question you were asking last you know, week. I mean, I, you know, financially, it's probably not. I'm a not great sure he'd make money. as much. Yeah, I mean, he's making. I'm not sure it would be more money. Yeah. I'm not sure it would be. I don't know. I don't know. But because um, it's it's close to two million dollars where he's at now, so I, I think if Barry Odom just keeps his powder dry, there would be an opportunity to show up that. Uh, Probably at a, at a level higher than Tulsa would be my guess. I think Memphis is the job to keep an eye on. He's been there before. That I think it's Ryan Silverfield as their coach's name. There's still question marks if he's going to get it done. I think if that job came open, he would be that coach well, of Memphis. Well, again, it's money. It's money. I mean, the reason Memphis did not make a change this year, and they've basically said that, is they don't have the money to buy him out. And so, you know, Barry Odom's been a head coach. I think financially he's probably set. I don't know all about that, but he's made some pretty good money in his life. So I think he's probably doing okay in that regard. He's at the age where climbing, so to speak, is not the most important thing in your life anymore. And um, I think that he's uh, um, he has the luxury of being very, very selective. And But, you know... If he was 35, do you take a pay cut to go be a head coach while you're still climbing? Well, maybe so. In your 50s, do you do it? You know, only he can answer that question. You know, talking about coaching changes, you brought up earlier, we were going to talk about Prime and taking the job at Colorado. I just hope this is the right fit. It all works out because that first job, no matter Odom, you know, he's had other jobs, but it's got to work out when you move back from coordinator or assistance role. That that next year, that next two years is critical to where the rest of your career is going to take you. And I hope for Deion Sanders this works out. Colorado, the guys, just seems so far out of what I presume or what I perceive as the footprint for him because of uh, of his ties in the in the South. Played at Florida State. You know, more known here. Colorado seemed a little bit off the grid to me, Chuck, to take your first swing at it. Well, he's a you know he's a national brand. Oh, no I question. mean, Dion's a national brand. He's already flipped a guy. I mean, he's already gotten a guy from Fort Myers, Florida, that's a five star guy, and he's going to Boulder, Colorado, and uh, he'll do more of that. I mean, I uh, um, they've got nowhere to go but up. You know, nobody's talked about Colorado football in a long time. 
But you know what? I don't recall ever bringing up Jackson State until Primetime took that job. And he'll do the same thing at Colorado. Prime is a, uh, he's a magnet. Uh, I mean, he's a publicity magnet. He always has been. He knows how to work his brand. And he'll do well there. At the very least, he's going to do a whole lot better than they've done. I thought he was going to take that South Florida job, Tommy. And I don't, I don't know if it was ever offered. I don't know whatever went down on the scenes. But you mentioned kind of roots and stuff south. I, that's where I thought he was going to end up. And See, I think Colorado, if you stop and think about it, you know, the glass ceiling in the Pac-12 is not as high as it is in some other places. You know, people talked about him taking the Auburn job. Glass ceiling's not very high. And the reality is, I mean, you can bust open the glass ceiling at South Florida, and it, it's not going to be as good as doing it in a Power 5 league. And so um, I think the Pac-12 is a place where he can do well. I think that style of football fits him. Um, he'll do well at Colorado. He'll 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 put them on the map, and he'll win some games, and he'll recruit guys there that probably never, ever thought about living a day in Colorado. Be interesting to see who – who joins him as his coordinators, who's on his staff. That, that's the next thing that's going to be uh, interesting to me to watch from afar is what kind of staff he puts together. That's the most important thing. I, I've come to believe for a head coach that's the most important thing is what kind of staff can you put together. Um, you know, we're playing Kansas in the Liberty Bowl. That was the death knell of Les Miles up there was he couldn't put together a staff. And I think Dion will be able to do that. I, I don't uh, – you know, I'll be personally interested to see if Mike Markison goes with him. You know, Mike's been the offensive line coach there at Jackson State for him, and um, he's obviously got Power Five experience, and he's a good offensive line coach. I mean, you 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 give him five guys, and he'll put together a good offensive line. And so, uh, I'll be interested to see what he does there. But yeah, coordinators are important. Recruiting's important. I mean, it's a it's a whole different level now. But uh, based on what we've seen so far, I. I think he's up to it. What did he get? One, he got a five-star to come to Jackson State, wasn't that right? The IMG kid. Yeah, so uh, if he can get one to Jackson State, I think he could get several four-stars oh, to entertain Colorado. Yeah, yeah, you're talking about the cornerback. I, yeah, I can't think of his name. But it's it, the five-star guy from IMG that he's already yeah. got committed to Colorado. So that's what I was um, thinking of. He flipped Hunter when he was at, um, uh, when he was at Jackson State. He yeah. flipped uh, Hunter. Uh, I think from Florida State, if I'm not mistaken. Now, look, he's going to take a lot of these kids with him, you know. I mean, a lot of these, I say a lot, there's going to be some kids that just got done with Jackson State, and they're going to be playing for Colorado next year. And um, I'm sure that's part of it, too. Yeah, he's already mentioned he's bringing his son Shadur, who's their quarterback, and uh, the transition. I do wonder what that transition looks like going from, uh, kind of the HBCU level to Division One football. And I know the Pac-12 is not the same caliber as the SEC or Big Ten, but it's still a whole nother level. Well, if you're good, you're good. If you're good, you're good. And um, I think uh, I think he's good based on what we've seen. And you know the the Pac-12 is not a lot of uh, is not a line of scrimmage league the way it is in the uh, in the SEC and the Big Ten. Um, and you don't have to recruit as well there, frankly. Um, the way you do in the Big Ten and the SEC. you got to go get linemen in our league. Um, you don't have to go necessarily and get linemen in the Pac-12 to be competitive. Um, Utah's won the league two years in a row because they're the championship game two years in a row because they're the best line of scrimmage team in that league. But that doesn't mean you can't win a lot of games. Oregon's never been a you know line of scrimmage team, but they've won a lot of games. USC obviously is not a line of scrimmage team, nor are they a tackling team. So um, 
I think Colorado could, you know, become a factor in that league more quickly than they could maybe in any of the other Power Fives. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, the success he has, and you know, is his goal to, you know, I, I wouldn't think the goal would be to to go to Colorado and, and make a ten year run there, but I would think two or three good years at Colorado, and he's going to have a lot of suitors uh, around the country. Well, you know, we we because he's prime, because we watched him as a player and all this, we we tend to think he's going to be a hopper. You know, we tend to think he's, well, he's not going to stay at Colorado. You don't know. I mean, you don't know. He could go up there and, and look, if if they win seven games, I mean, if they win seven games, he's going to be a football hero there. And so I could, I could see him there for a while. I could, uh, because I think it's going to take a little while. I don't think it's going to be overnight like it was at Jackson State. You don't do that in a Power Five. And uh, those other teams in the Pac-12 don't stop recruiting. And, you know, the other programs, frankly, at the uh, HBCU level didn't didn't recruit and probably didn't have some of the recruiting resources that, you know, they had there when Dion was their coach. So um, he's going to be competing against real real competition on the recruiting trail now. And, that's ultimately where he's going to succeed or fail. Mentioned earlier, DJ Ugalali, who's the Clemson quarterback, has entered the transfer portal, and I know that uh, Lane Kiffin has done a wonderful job getting guys out of the portal. I wonder how apt players would be to maybe they didn't consider Colorado then, but now with the new head coach and prime, how they would at least take an official and potentially pick that. Well, sure but, they would. Sure they would. But now I don't think DJ's the answer. I mean, DJ's not the answer. No, no, but I, I'm just kind of thinking about transfer portal guys, quarterback, and I'd, I mean, well, I'd sure. be, be surprised yeah, sure. if Schurter wasn't the ended up being the starting quarterback for them this season. I know that they he has a transition. That's why they hired him. I mean, that's why they hired him, because he's going to be able to bring those guys in. Can he get guys from the South? You know, and, and, and Sure he can. Football, football in uh, the Pac-12 is a, is a little bit different, but you got to have those skill players. But can he bring those... Guys from the South, those SEC type of defensive and offensive. But we saw USC. I mean, Utah is a physical football team, and they're not SEC level, but they try to be. And we saw USC as talented they are at the skill positions and the quarterback position. I mean, if you can't recruit the line of scrimmage, you're going to get blown up. Utah beat them at their place, and they demolished them on Friday Well, that's what I was saying a minute ago. Utah's the only team that does that. You may not win the Pac-12 title unless you do that, but you can still be competitive in the Pac-12 without being a great line of scrimmage team. You look at the history of that conference, you can be great by their standards and not be a great line of scrimmage team. Look, when Bill McCartney had Colorado roll and they recruited Los Angeles like it was Denver, and uh, they said the same thing then. How's a kid from L.A. or how's a kid from Southern California going to go to Boulder? But they did. They did. And they won. And um, he'll get kids from all over. Dion's a national brand. I'm not saying they're going to win the national championship next year. There is a ceiling. But um, I think I think he'll max out what can be done there. So should Arkansas dominate the line of scrimmage coming up in a couple weeks? Kansas has given up a lot of points as of late. Uh, I know Coach said they're probably going to get there three or four days, maybe around Christmas time, to to get ready for that football game. Should that be the expectation like you saw in the bowl game last year against Penn State? 
That word dominate gets thrown around pretty cavalierly. Um, I think Arkansas has a chance to wear them down along the line of scrimmage. I think Arkansas has a chance to run the ball against these guys. When you look at you know, Kansas' defensive numbers, and those don't always tell you the story. It's a one-game deal. But uh, I do think that, you know, that's an area where Arkansas has had success and Kansas hadn't had a whole lot of success stopping it. But I wouldn't go so far as to say dominate. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, again, we, we kind of throw that word around. Dominate's a pretty strong term if you stop and think about it. I do but wonder. It should be better there. With Ricky not playing, presumably, in this bowl game, I do wonder what that offensive line looks like without their leader at center. I mean, that's a – I mean, he, well, you, he's been the staple for this football team and – I think about how important that position is that we overlook until something goes wrong. Well, Limmer's going to move over there. Yeah. Limmer's the center of your future. Limmer's going to play in the NFL, and he's going to be a center when he goes there. And so I think the plan all along has been, um, at the very least, Limmer's going to be the guy in spring and maybe into the fall that you know moves over to that spot. So I, I, don't, I don't think the center position is affected by this as much as maybe what do you do at guard? You know, what do you do at guard when you move Limmer over? And, you know, moreover, if you're struggling at left tackle, do you move Latham over to tackle? And uh, without Limmer playing right guard, you can't move, uh, you know, you, uh, the numbers don't add up. Does he Marion Harris play some more? What do you do in that area? Um, but I think in terms of the center spot, I, I would anticipate him just moving Limmer over there. Yeah, well, and you've seen Tykes Crawford be the guy at guard and tackle. That's kind of been the utility player, but boy, that last outing against Missouri, he had some struggles. So I don't know. Well, you get into a numbers game though, too. I, I mean, let's say you take Jones out and you put Latham over to left tackle. Well, with Lemmer playing guard and Stromberg playing center, you can put Crawford into that guard spot. Mm-hmm. With Lemmer moving over to center, you got two guard spots there. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it's um, you know we'll just have to see how the numbers add up. There's a lot of young players. Um, e. Marion Harris is one of them. He's not the only one. But it's uh, you know it's about time for him to play, and they may you know they may have to play by necessity in this game. We'll just have to see. But um, um, I think they'll be okay at the center spot. I think how it affects the guards moving Lemmer is probably the bigger question. Would would you guess or maybe you know surmise that some of these young freshmen that have not uh, played their fourth game that wouldn't risk their red shirt are going to see more significant time? You know they're going to have some practices. Coaches referred to it as a second spring. I would suspect we'd see some of those guys get more significant snaps. Well, I think it depends on the spot. Um, you know, Satania is always the guy, for example, that people talk about. Um, you know, I don't know that you sit Bryce Stevens down as the punt returner to get Satania some time back there. I don't know that you do that. Do you play more as a receiver in the game because, you know, it doesn't count against his year? Well, maybe so. But I think the game's going to dictate that. I, I, I think that... You know, when you look at the fact that, you know, Stromberg's going to the NFL, I think if you're talking about young players playing, I think that's probably, you know, the spot where you do it. Um, and, again, it you know, may be more my necessity than anything else. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I think there may be some young players that play that fourth game. But I, I, I don't think there's, there's going to be a flood of them. I think in the positions where you need that depth, yeah, you may see them. But I don't, I don't think you play a guy just to play him. You've seen a lot of Christopher Paul this year. I would guess that Jordan Crook with Bumper Pool not, I guess, not playing this bowl game, and we'll have to wait and see on Drew. No, Sanders. he's not playing, and we'll have to wait. I mean, he's had hip surgery. Yeah. he's not playing. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see on Drew Sanders, but I wouldn't expect him to play either. That I would guess the linebackers where you're going to see a, a lot of young guys. Now with Satania Chuck, 
I don't think, like you said, they're going to move Stevens off punt returner. But with Jaden going to the NFL draft, the slot position, Coach maybe mentioned so. Keytron so. playing some of that. But I would expect Isaiah to maybe get some yeah. snaps too. Yeah, that's, that's 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 why I say you may see him a little bit more receiver. And uh, but here's the deal: you got to win the game. I mean, you got to win the game. Uh, building for next year comes in the practices. Um, you know, when you kick that game off, you got to win that game, and I think that's really important. I think that's more important than anything to win in the football game. Hey, I want to talk to local businesses about the NIL for just a second. Are you ready to take your business to the next level with NIL marketing? I know a lot of listeners are business owners. They'd love to take advantage of NIL opportunities to connect their brand with a student-athlete. Not really sure how to make it happen. If that's you, I want to recommend Fieldhouse Sports Marketing. That's your Northwest Arkansas NIL authority. They'll help you get started. They work with athletes to connect them with opportunities, live appearances, social media promotions, commercial production, community engagement, charity events. There are a variety of other mutually beneficial partnerships, too. And you can call 202-5031, or visit fhsportsmarketing.com. And get connected. That's fhsportsmarketing.com. And welcome to the Fieldhouse. So Sunday night football was a snoozer. Dallas Cowboys absolutely dominated. Was it a snoozer? It was a good game for three quarters. They up 54-19. They scored 33 It was 33 points in the fourth. It was 21-19 going into the fourth quarter. That's not a snoozer. I uh, I mean, I lost interest once they started blowing them out in the fourth. But I, I, I just didn't want to see the Colts on Monday Night Football. But I know the Dallas Cowboy fans out there, they're happy this morning. Tommy, you've talked about that Eagles-Dallas Cowboys Christmas Eve matchup that's coming up that's going to be pivotal when it comes to the NFC, not just the well, NFC might be race. for home field. Might be, you know, might be for who gets to play at home in the playoffs. Eagles so. are looking good right now. They've only got one loss on the season. They've got a, they've got a lapse, have a couple lapses if Dallas Cowboys get to that point where they can win the NFC East and, and get to that as well. Yeah, so, I mean, that, that should be fun. A couple of weeks away, but uh, dominant, dominant offensive second half and fourth quarter performance by the Cowboys, Chuck. Just the fourth quarter. I mean, it's 21 to 19 going into the fourth quarter. And um, it got away from Indianapolis at the end. I mean, they were, you know, I mean, the game, you know, Cowboys took advantage of some some things late and scored a lot of points. But uh, for three quarters, Indianapolis gave them all they wanted. So that's fun. I, I, you know, it's fun to see people that uh, kind of been closet Cowboy fans. They're they're all they're all creeping back out right now. They they all feel confident that this could be the year that they (laughs) were cautiously optimistic. Cautiously. You talk a little trash, not full level yet, but you talk a little trash right now. You can beat the Eagles in the coming weeks. I think people are going to be a little more boisterous on Dallas, but I, I'm, I cannot wait for the NFL playoffs yeah. this year. Kansas City goes down yesterday in a great game between them and the Cincinnati Bengals. That was the AFC Championship last year. I mean, I'm paying attention more to NFL now with college. Got to kind of wait till the bowl game's coming up. Yeah. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.